The numbers were all spelt out, and it was amazing how young most of these people were when they died. Graham was 44, Mike 48, and Lucy was only 38. Shit, that is young, he thought, and began to come up with reasons why they might have died so young. He was aware that people of Glasgow had lower life expectancy than any other British city, but these people hadn't even reached a middle age, never mind an old age. Jesus, you're getting melancholic, Kenny. Give it a rest. He kicked another pile of leaves and walked on. He recognised a tree at the far end of the path. The fork in its trunk and the crazy lean on the heavier right branch sparked a memory of him noticing it last time he was here. He paused as grief and guilt hitched a twist in his gut. He should have been there. He should have done something. He took a left at the end of the path and knew that the grave he was seeking was just twenty or so yards further on. Kenny picked up his pace when he saw the simple stone and a familiar figure standing before it. They turned when they heard his footsteps and gave a little nod and acknowledgement. All right, Kenny, the man said. Sure, Ray, he replied and looked at the stone. It was pink marble and had a simple carving. Maggie Gallagher, R.I.P., and the date of her death. Kenny offered his old friend a smile and said nothing. What could he say? Then as Ray crouched down to arrange the bunch of flowers he brought with him, Kenny studied his oldest friend. He seemed to have aged in the last year. His skin was the pallor of putty, and the two-day growth on his cheeks was almost white. Looked like he'd lost a few stone as well. For most of their life, Ray had been a yo-yo dieter, gaining and losing the same 30 pounds on a seemingly annual cycle. If only he'd known grief would have provided a solution, he wouldn't have bothered. After Maggie died, Ray retreated from the world, was given time off work to recover from his own, almost fatal wounding, and avoided most attempts at contact from his friends. Kenny flashed back to that scene. He'd never forget walking into that bedroom and seeing Ray lying there on his back, naked, with a large knife sticking out of his chest. Once he'd dealt with the attacker, at this thought, Kenny pulled his hands out of his pockets, made a fist and examined his knuckles. He'd broken bones on both hands when he methodically beat Leonard to death. Only then, once the mist of his rage had passed, did he think to check if either Ray or Maggie were still alive. He tried Maggie first. There was nothing. No pulse, no breath, and her flesh was cold. He'd never forget the chill from her skin when he put his fingers to her neck. Ray was pale, but there was a faint pulse. He worried that pulling the knife out might cause greater injury, so he left it in when he called 999. Kenny shook his head as if trying to slough off the image. Why? The words were stuck in his throat. He coughed and tried again. Why are we meeting here, Ray? It was a year ago. Can you believe it? Ray stared at the tombstone as if seeing a universal truth. Swallowed. The corner of his mouth twitched as if his brain had sent the order to smile and his lips had forgotten how to form that shape. She'd laugh if she saw how maudlin I'd become. Tell me to get a grip. Yeah, said Kenny, 
more from a need to acknowledge his friend than to offer agreement. He didn't really know Maggie well enough to know if that's what she would say. Don't know if she'd any time for me, to be honest. Ray raised his eyebrows in agreement. You were my mate. So she was fine with that. Thought you were incredibly vain. What was it she said? If he was made of chocolate, he'd have nibbled his knob down to a nub. Kenny finished the sentence with a smile. Maggie did have a memorable way with words at times. Ray stood up, put a hand on Kenny's shoulder, looked deep into his eyes. Whatever he saw there satisfied him and he said, Come on, let's go somewhere warm. We need to talk and I have a powerful thirst.